Right, this is Bez, I'm Eight Monkeys up here, and you're listening to The Workhouse. This is Marshall Jefferson, and you're listening to The Workhouse. This is Alex P, and you're listening to The Workhouse. Hiya, I'm Jackie, and you're listening to The Workhouse. Hi, this is K-Class, and you are listening to The Workhouse. Hi, this is Lindy Lane, and you're listening to The Workhouse. Oi, oi, this is Disco Boy, and you're listening to The Workhouse. Hi, this is Angelo Ferreri and you are listening to The Workhouse. Hi, this is James Abila and you're listening to The Workhouse Sessions. This is Roger Sanchez and right now you're checking out The Workhouse. Good evening, Mike. Mike? Hello? There's nobody there. Oh, good evening, listeners. It's Alan from The Workhouse here. This is our Pandemic Podcast Volume 4. So tonight on the show, we have... uh... Oh, this can't be right. Ah, I see why he's not here now. We have Mike, our very own Manhattan Mike from Phase 1, DJ Store in Darlington. So, let's get into the interview and see what he has to say, which I'm sure knowing Mike will be quite a lot. that we have on is familiar to all of us and it's Mike, our very own Manhattan Mike. How are you, Mike? I'm a guest on my own podcast. It's brilliant. Did you see see what we did there? Did did we run out of people who would actually be interviewed? (laughs) Was there nobody else? The list is getting quite short. All right, okay. So I'm outside the bottom. I feel like I'm at the bottom of the list. No, not really. The, um, the, The reason to that we thought we'd feature our very own Mike. Not hey. only are you a DJ, Mike, and you've obviously have been a DJ for many, many years. Yeah, not particularly good at it. <laughs> as most of our listeners probably know, and some, some maybe don't, you also run a DJ store, Phase 1 DJ store in Darling. Yes. So you're quite well connected and aware of what's going on in the industry as a whole, probably from a different perspective as maybe your average DJ might be. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's It's been... I'll I tell you what was, I'll say first. Hey, everybody, before I have a good whinge and moan, oh, right, I know it's there's people on. in this world that are worse off than me, right? So let's just get that across now before I have a whinge. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem is, yeah, it's it's not been the industry uh, has had a, a very difficult year. Um, and just before we talk about how that's been difficult for me, I think it's been really difficult for, you know, we, obviously we're running a shop and we supply that industry. We're part of the supply chain for the whole events industry uh, from DJs to bands and singers and all of them customers um, have basically had no work. And, yeah. you know, we have had some uh, some help. Uh, we've had some government help. Uh, we've taken some bounce back loans and this, that and the other. But a lot of these DJs, it's self-employed. Some of it's part-time self-employed. The, so it, I think they've probably had a rougher time I think it's maybe not quite been as bad for those who do it on a part-time basis of 
I've got a full time job and I love DJing, and it's just no, a supplement to them. Whereas this is, this is, is the only way. thing I do. This yeah, I, I don't is. do anything else. The only way I pay my mortgage and put food on the table is from selling equipment. So and I think the, the DJs who do work full time, like you there, it will have hit them hardest. Absolutely. Because you said there is in the industry, in the whole music, DJ, bands, singers, there is quite a big percentage of people who do work as part-time or mm-hmm. uh, hobbyists as yeah. well. Like there, there's, there's definitely a sector of the industry that is like that. And I'm sure that it, obviously it has affected everyone. It's yes, affected it has. Mentally and mentally uh, and restricted what they like to do. But there is, a, there is definitely a sector of people who will be really financially yeah. affected and restricted from what's happened. You know, I, I do have a lot of customers that this is their full-time thing uh, and they have had the rug ripped from underneath their feet. I have been lucky in some respects. It's not all been doom and gloom because see, you are a full-time DJ and that is what you do uh, yeah. and that's all you do. You've had all your gigs taken off you. You can't go and do them. What we've managed to do is, yes, my I have two sides to the business, two sides to the shop. I have what I would call my pro side, which is my working DJs, my uh, venues, uh, my working bands, singers, uh, events company, and all that. That's my pro side. And I would say that possibly makes up 75 to 75% of what, I do as a business. The other side is probably the more cooler side, if you like. You know, the the home DJ market that they like their controllers, they like their you know all the new gadgetry. You know, um, you want anything, like you guys who want to get into like bars, and yeah, and stuff like that. So we have that side. Now, yeah, you know, we 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 do have a, a really good online presence, and luckily we've gone into this with having a website. And already having a presence online. So we have managed to be able to sell in some things. And the home market for us has actually grown. The home Which market is not, not good. surprising, really, given that people have been either stuck at home or yeah. staying at home more and looking for things to do to keep them busy. So yeah. it, budding DJs, producers, people like that will be and have been investing in yeah. kitten equipment to yeah, kind of keep them busy, you know, haven't they? A lot of DJs wanting to learn how to DJ. Uh, wanting to know how the uh, what, what say one of the biggest questions I got in the first lockdown, and you know I do put myself out there on Facebook a lot. Um, every man, woman, and child in the world was inboxing me at the same question, roughly about once every twenty minutes. How do I go live? <laughs> and I knew you were going to say this. Yeah, and it, it was it, it it was a little bit frustrating, <laughs> but it was. A massive thing that just exploded. It just exploded. It was great to see. Um, And, of course, you know, at that point, they were like, oh, well, I'll need a mixer to do that with, and I'll need this special lead, and I'll need this special piece of equipment to be able to do it. So them sales were were quite buoyant, and it was good. Yeah. In the early days, as well, I suppose, people didn't really know how long... Where at the start, people were thinking, oh, is this going to be something that was going to last a month? A month, that's all. Then we'll be sort of getting back to normal. Yeah, absolutely. 
obviously it hasn't. Uh, hasn't. We have had some normality over the summer to some degree, haven't we? Yeah. Some normality. Um, but now we're back in again. We're, we're in November. We're in, it's just the start of the second, what they're calling UK lockdown. Yeah. Doesn't look like much of a lockdown out there, but you know. yeah, no, I have to agree. I mean, <laughs> one of the one of the things is, you know, we because we support the events industry, and if you just think of like weddings alone, just think of the wedding market and the the DJs yeah. at Gundam, the and the wedding bands and wedding singers. You know, they've not worked. Yes, there's been some small weddings, there's been some small events. These guys haven't earned earned any money. So the position that I feel that we're we were in in like March, April, May, June was, yeah. yeah, we had a bit of a home market thing going on, but we were heading towards that, oh, lockdown's opening, them events are going to start opening again. But the problem was, and we did realise that all them people haven't worked for three or four months, they're not going to be investing in new kit this year. Even if you opened no. all the events up tomorrow and they said, look, you can have your weddings, you can have your discos, you can have your bands and your concerts, there's, there's been so much money lost within the industry. They're not going to come running to us to go. Right, I'll have that five thousand pound PA system. Actually, it's what's going to be like a light switch, is it? No, it's for like us, it on slowly. For yeah, you. it's going to for us. We were the we were the first, uh, and I honestly do think that we're at the at the hard end of this as retailers. Yeah. And I'm just talking about me as a retailer. I think yeah. of all the other retailers as well. We're at the hard end of this. We were the first one to feel the pinch, and we yeah. were the last. Even when the events open, they yes, they'll come. They will come looking for like, oh, I haven't had any audio leads, or I've got no smoke fluid, and I've got none of this, and they'll come in and get all the it's spares. Good, but yeah, there'll be like no big purchases tomorrow. That sort of small uh, purchases would obviously happen straight As, away, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, because and um, I really do understand that, like you know, they haven't earned any money. No, um, so you're not going to invest in something that you don't need, like a nice to have thing. A nice to you know, have thing, yeah. New yeah. system that maybe it, it's a bit better than what you've got. You're upgrading, but what you've got will make do. Yeah, I so think there's going to be a lot of make do. I, I can see where you're coming from, uh, Mike. Well, why don't we? Um, why don't we play the first track that you've picked? Oh, I've got some great tracks to play. I'm going to cause havoc tonight in but this. And they do cross a few genres as well, which is not surprising, like from your DJ history, really, because you'll play anything. I'm a musical heart. The first track is a classic uh, rock track. Um, Nirvana smells like teen spirit. Tell us about that. Well, wow. Um, I did back in the day. Uh, and well, the venue was in, in Darlington, actually. Um, and it was at the time, it was called Perry's. And um, I know Perry's. Yeah, so you're showing how old you are. Now, Perry's <laughs> wasn't even, it was now people, maybe the, the younger ones now would know it as the nightclub Inside Out. And it was Club 2K. And Club 2K as well, as well yeah. Well, prior to all that, it opened up as a bar called Perry's, and it was a late bar. It was only open till midnight. And oh, they God. had this, this cellar bar. And me and this other DJ uh, got the, the gig to look after this venue. And um, we, I noticed there was around about that 10 o'clock mark, there was a lot of um, people who were asking for rock music. And we were looking after upstairs and this cellar bar didn't even, wasn't even open. And I said to the manager, as a young lad, uh, in, he ran it for his, for his parents. And I said, do you know what? You do really well to have a rock night here. And he said to me, he says, Mike, that's a great idea. 
you should do it. And I went, well, I don't really know anything about rock music. He went, can you play records? <laughs> I went, yeah. So off I would go to, like, play, you know, this cellar bar. And in the cellar bar, I used to do, like, indie music and crossover music till about 10 o'clock. We used yeah. to play a lot of stone roses and things like that. And then we got to about okay. 10 o'clock, and then it flipped over to, to, to the rock scene. All the, all the rockers would turn up. And that crowd, I'll be honest, educated me. They would go, have you got this? And I'd go, no, but I'll have it next week. Or they actually used to bring records and bring them in and go, just play that. And they looked at, I was just the guy that put stuff on and they told me what they wanted. And I always remember, uh, do you remember a programme on the telly called The Word? Oh, yes. Was it Christian, what was his name? I was going to say Slater, but that's the wrong no, one. No, <laughs> Christian, I can't remember. Anyhow, The Word. Yeah. I remember I'd gone home and we used to always finish doing the gig down the rock bar and you would go home and watch The Word. It was the thing you did. And this band came on, Nirvana, and they played Smells Like a Teen Spirit. And I was like, what on earth is that man shouting? What is he doing? It blew my mind. And just play the record, just play it.
absolutely. When I used to play that down that cellar, mate, the place used to erupt. It was just, as a DJ, I buzz off the atmosphere. doesn't matter whether I'm yeah. playing a rock record or a dance record. If no, that, that record that track, sets, the, sets it off. It's it, it hard to not appreciate the atmosphere in the room when you play that through a big sound system. Yeah, it was just like electric. The place used to go up. I absolutely loved it. And I've, I'm, well, now I've got, a, I'm a big fan of rock music. I, you know, they educate me. And I've gone on to go on loving things like Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath. I've always liked a bit of ACDC. You know, I, if you looked I mean, at my record collection... Here's me thinking, Mike, that nobody could tell you anything. <laughs> no, I learned a lot about rock music. And I did that night for about two years. And then the bar got sold. And the guy that took it over wasn't keen on running rock music after that. So, And then I went on right. to another venue, which we'll come things to change. later. Things change, Mike. And talking about things changing then, something I'd wrote down to ask you about was about having to physically close the shop. And I know this is... I know this like is it an issue for you and, and makes yeah. you you know brings up emotion having it, to close it tell us about you've done it twice now i've done year. it twice now yeah I, i've got to say um I, we're not one of the biggest retailers in our industry but we're, we're certainly up there and we do have a nice a nice shop uh, and i'm very proud of it and i've built it with my own bare hands basically apart from the physical building you know i've done everything in there to how i want it within a shoestring of a budget as well. Uh, and I I live and breathe the place. I absolutely live and breathe the place. You, you certainly come on a little way since I remember seeing you in, yeah. uh, in the old Station Road shop. Yeah, well, yeah, Station Road shop, where, where it started for me when I took that over, it, it was a tiny little shop and it had... Um, it, 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 and I, I, I took the shop onto the internet and, and I developed it and I've been working there. I've been working with the business for about the last 18 years. I realised the internet is where we needed to be and the internet provided me an income to upgrade the shop and then I upgraded the shop and, you know, I had a blank canvas when I went into that building and I've made it into what I could afford to do and I have did it myself. Um, and I'm, I'm really quite passionate about it. I sometimes look at it and go, oh, I wish I could have that scruffy bit there sorted out and, you know, I'm, I'm a bit picky. Um, I think most people are like that with their own businesses or shops and showrooms. There's always things, I'm sure. You sat, you're looking at it every day. Aren't yeah. Um, but when it came to the thing where we were going to shut the shop, um, I've got, you know, obviously we've got a couple of members of staff that have been with us. Uh, one of them being with us a long time, um, Nathan, and we yeah. had another guy part timer at the time, which unfortunately we've had to let let him go through all this. Uh, we've had to make one redundancy. And then my wife also works for the business as well. And the day that yeah. we closed, we got everybody in at the shop at the same time to discuss what was going to happen and how it was going to pan out. We'd never done it before. We didn't know what was going on. And I said, right, you know, we had this discussion there. Like, Everyone just go home. I'll be in touch. I don't know how we're going to work it or what's going to happen. And then I was kind of just left on my shop, in the shop on my own for the like last 20 minutes, half an hour of the day. I just found myself, I realized, I was like, oh, I'm here on my own and I'm going to close up, which is, I'm not bothered about being on my own in the shop. A very strange feeling, I suppose. And then I, I, I just put that shutter down and I'll be honest, it, it really put, um, it was it was, uh, it was emotional. I, I, I was like, I don't know where we're going now and no, I don't I know when that shutter's going to go back, back up. That was March, wasn't mm. it, in the original lockdown, which then I think really people didn't really I know. was very worried. And, <laughs> Do you feel a little bit different this doing it this time? Well, 
as as the lockdown went on, uh, I spent a little bit of time at home trying to work from home, and I found that actually the online side was getting a little bit too buoyant for me to be able to work it from home. I needed to be in that building with the stock, yeah, knowing exactly what I've got going in and out. So I think I maybe had a bike. Maybe a fortnight or three weeks where I, I I work between here and the shop, and in the end, yeah. I think it was just getting a bit frustrating that I wasn't. You know, people were asking me questions on the phone here, and I'm like, I don't know. I need to be in the shop to see if, if I've got that bit of equipment. Yeah, and have a look at some. Yeah, so I decided I was like, right, I need to get back to some routine. I am a, I'm a person that likes routine, and I like going to work. So I was like, I'm going to go to work, and I'm going to go to work between ten and four o'clock, which normally I'm there at half past eight till half past five. So I condensed the hours a little bit yeah. and put myself in there. And I, I, to be honest with you, I painted the shop. I, I painted and did all kinds of things in. It was closed, but I was there on the phone and it got easier. And and we started seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Now, by this time as well, I'd um, had some government support in the way of a grant, yes, um, which we were very grateful for. And then obviously, you know, I'm running a business and the, the items that I sell are high ticket items. So I always have like a 30 day accounts with my suppliers. So I always owe money out. Yeah. But I always have money yeah, coming uh, in. You know, like anyone <laughs> and, who has a business will appreciate And anybody, how, anybody who has a business will totally understand that. Yeah. I always owe money out, but I've yeah. always got money coming in. There was a sure. point where money wasn't coming in and... I owed money, so I had some debt to clear. So when the, yeah. the bounce-back loan came along, I, I took the full amount that I could, yeah. that I was allowed to, uh, and it made it, I cleared all my debts with my suppliers. And you've got to understand that we've been in this game a long time. A lot of these suppliers are personal friends. Yes. Um, like the owners of these, you know, we know them. And it's like, you know, I was having discussions with them. Why am I paying you late? I'm sorry, I'm, I've got to get this put into place. Once I'd got all them things in place and I'd cleared my debts and I could see the light at the end of the tunnel, I started to feel a little bit better about things. Right. And I went on and I was quite optimistic and I thought, we've done all right here. We've we've scraped through. Yeah, I've had to take a bit of debt on, but it's not an amount of debt that's not unmanageable. Yeah, and it's, I thought, it's proportionate to the size of the, the size of the business. In fact, yeah. you know, I would say it was, I'd probably borrowed less than what in proportion to what the business yeah. turns over. Yeah. So with with a, with a small amount, I'd managed to put all my little fires out and put my worries to bed, knowing yeah, that the, the shop was going to open. Get back to normal. But then, I mean, I even did an interview for a magazine about maybe six weeks ago, and I was optimistic. Now, Is that your uh, pro-mobile? Pro-mobile magazine, yeah. And I yeah. went into that interview saying all the things I've just said. And now we've, in the last few weeks, we've gone, I feel like we've gone backwards. I think most people would agree, you know, with how you feel about that, yeah. Yeah, and of course now I'm not quite in the financial dire bit where I was in March and April, but no. I'm like... Mm, this is supposed to be November and December are my big money-taking months. Your Christmas sales. It's, and I thought that if I could get us to October with all the financial help that I'd had, that October, make, November, December that. will look after itself Yeah, and we'll and tick along that money back that you've missed and we'll, out on and we'll get through. Year. Now, for all I'm running an online side of things, I honestly thought that we might still be having some 
Christmas parties, like proper Christmas parties. I know they're saying this next lockdown is going to finish in December. Yeah. But them big corporate Christmas party events are still not going to happen. No, I think it's extremely yeah. unlikely, isn't it? Extremely unlikely. So the events industry is 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 just so far off in the distance. This this lockdown, I think the timing of it now, with it being November now, yeah, I think so... from the events and DJ side of it, I think most people realistically are focusing on the spring for mm. any sort of return to towards normality. Yeah. I mean, and it, it just seems so far away, and I don't know whether I've got the resources because. I've even thought that what if I could just put the business to sleep and shut the shutter down and turn all the lights off and walk away from it and come back in March, open yeah. the doors and go, right, we're here and we're back again. And I'll go and get a job at Amazon or like a job well, stacking shelves. You could, <laughs> you could retrain Mike as your next track because your next track is uh, Oasis. And oh yeah, rock and roll star. Yeah, I could. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, tell tell us about that track because that'd be a great thing to retrain into. Yeah, not well, the moment, not, but not the moment. Rock and roll star. Right. Well, Oasis, my favourite band. It's no two ways about. It. If you came into my uh, office here now, I've got everything, every album they've ever done on vinyl. I can see them behind you there, up yeah. on the wall. Um. I'm a huge fan of uh, the Gallagher brothers. Uh, I've got all the, you know, Noel's stuff, all Liam's stuff. And I just, that band just grabbed me. And again, it was to do with the word, right? One night I go on drunk from the pub and this <laughs> band goes on the telly and I was like, who the hell are these? <laughs> The uh, word was a bit like for kids now. Any young people listening, because they'll have no clue. Oh, but the word! Like the equivalent of like looking at YouTube or Spotify now, where you would see new bands and yeah. new music. I tell you what, you this TV program. If you've never seen the word, I'm sure it must be on YouTube. It will be. Just go and watch it. It was like pop culture for the 18 year old to 30 year old. I've just Googled it there. They say that the word was a 1990s Channel 4 TV programme, took its name from the regular column covering Manchester's bands in the Manchester Evening News, and it was Terry Christian. Terry Christian, that's right. Yeah. So anyhow, this band came on called Oasis, and I was like, these are amazing. I'm going to go and find this CD. Monday morning, I'm going to go and find it. And I went I and found it, and the, and the album was um, definitely maybe... And I took it to the pub through the day where I DJed on a night, which at that point was Humphrey's Bar in the town. I'm and, it, yeah, and it, at dinner time, there was there, there was nobody in and there was like, on the graveyard shift and it was my day off on a Monday. And I, I went in and I, I went into the DJ box and put the CD in. And I went, we're going to listen to this while we have a few pints. Right? This band are the future. They're going to be massive. And none of them knew what I was talking about and thought who the hell is he talking about and they all went on to go Oasis Massive No. 
getting a beer. No, it's getting a beer. Well, why not? Why not? Uh, we're Go doing on. this interview on a Friday. There's always going to be beer involved. <laughs> so what about your furlough as well? You've had a little bit. You've managed to get a little bit of furlough support, haven't you? Uh, yeah, um, we had furlough. Obviously, the, my wife's been furloughed. Um, Nathan's been furloughed as well. He came back on a part-time basis. Uh, then now he has just been full-time furloughed again. Uh, the wife's been full-time furloughed, and I'm just basically holding the fort at the moment. You're Billy No Mates again, Mike. Yeah, I'm Billy No Mates. Nobody to work with. Nobody to talk to. Uh, what about just going back to Nathan as well, because obviously you mentioned that as well about like the install side of the business as well. Mm -hmm. It's like another side to your business. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we had a few little jobs in in between um, between the two lockdowns, uh, but not into venues. Uh, luckily, we've got a few good contacts with the, the local council, and yeah. we can even. It's not all just about DJ equipment. Uh, you know, it's sound and AV. So we, you know, like when you go into a lot TV of council, screens. yeah, TV screens, display screens. Um, yeah. There was recently the, you know, we know how to, Nathan's really good with his wiring and cabling. And if the cables needs to be pulled through in a building or if there needs any stuff moving. We recently just helped the council move a load of IT from one office to the next. And it's yeah. just a case of getting it, unwiring it and put it back. But they were all really good little jobs for us to, to pick up. To, to keep us busy until we get them, you know, because at the minute nobody's opening. Yeah, yeah. a lot of the time we do um, like installs in bars and, and stuff like that, which that's obviously not happening. Yeah. Not happening this year. Uh, like also like background music systems, things like that. Yeah, yeah, we can do that as well. We sell a lot of them yeah. in, in the shop, actually. That's another thing in the shop that actually has been selling quite well. We, is that for the outdoor market then? Do you think yeah, over the summer? Yeah, we've that... we've helped people help bars sort of put a, a few speakers into their beer gardens. Not big things because they can't have big no. sound. We've put a few little packages together, um, yeah. and I think there's a lot of places that have thought, you know, when they've been closed, like these cafes that have been closed and these hairdressers that have been closed, have thought, well, I could go in and I could do a bit of tidying up, and you know, it's about time we had a proper sound system put in here instead of. Having the radio on. Like you mentioned before, I think particularly in the first lockdown, this I think this will be a bit different now, but in the first lockdown, I think people were, a lot of businesses, like you said, got a grant. Yeah. And people didn't see perhaps how long this might have gone on for. Yeah. And I think people did a lot of like, you know, DIY. Yeah. Little jobs because they had the time. Yeah. The people had time and probably a little bit of money. Yeah. To actually do those little jobs. Absolutely. I mean, big. as a business, even I did that. I, I painted the whole front of the shop. And then yeah. when I painted it, I realised and looked at the signage and went, my signage is dated against my latest website. And we rebranded yeah. our website maybe three or four years ago. And the signs weren't matching with the thing. And I was like, need to sort that. And I went and sort of spent some money on some signs. So, yeah. yeah. Which I mean, it's good that it's good in a way that people have been productive, yeah. And they used that time and they had a little bit, you know, people had a little bit of money and they've, they've kind of done that. Obviously, now it does feel a little bit different coming into this, yeah, situation. But you know, me interview questions for this whole series of interviews that we've done. There's a couple of other general questions we can we can talk about. One was uh, COVID yes and COVID no. So that was 
one thing that's been good this year and one thing that's been bad, and maybe not the obvious, but what brings to mind? Um, COVID bad. Um, I've really missed, and again, getting away from the shop because, like I say, I, I wanted to apologise before I started that it's just not. I don't want to sit there moaning about how things have been, like off, been awful business. for Mike. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I, I've, I've yeah. really, I've really missed um, doing like going to the pub. Uh, social. I, I feel you. Uh, <laughs> the social aspect of, of things, you know. I, I, uh, well, yeah, because it would have been normally me and you going to the pub. Yeah, well, we would have normally have done this interview in the same room. Yeah, uh, but I mean, technology, the small blessings, isn't there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if there was anything you would take from this is, wow, you know, you can you can make do. Um yeah. Yeah, so COVID, no, I, I have missed social interaction outside of work. I think a lot of people will relate to that. And what about COVID? Yes, what's a little thing, a little tiny, tiny little thing it could be that's been... Um, it's been really, thing. it's been good. I would say um, those that know me will probably know this. I'm a very avid cyclist. I love cycling. I yes. love being outside. And this year, I have pedalled more miles than I have ever pedalled. So, uh, I've, I've so you definitely have time to get out on your bike. Yeah, you and so I've, I've, my fitness has has gone up. Well, I think that was another question, wasn't it? Have you got fat or got fit? But it sounds um, like you've got. Fit. <laughs> I think I've got fit, but at the minute fit now, because I'm going to be holding the fort again on my own, I think going into these darker darker nights. I'll be getting fat again. Have you not thought about taking the turbo trainer into work, Mike? Uh, I don't have a turbo trainer, but maybe Santa oh. will bring me one. Well, there you go. <laughs> Listeners, if anyone would like to buy Mike a present for Christmas... I need a turbo um, trainer. I need a turbo trainer. <laughs> so, let's talk about your next track, because we could probably talk a lot about it, because it's disco. And yeah. we know, it after... Defected and the head and uh, the yeah. head can glitter box and all of that. The next name that springs to mind is Mike. Mike said, "Dalton's <laughs> uh, own king of disco." Well, and this is Gladys Knight in the Pips. Uh, bougie, bougie. Oh, tune. Just play it.
Joy Negro remix 
And why did you why did you pick that track, Mike? Well, let's talk about disco first. I love disco because I do. I'm I'm Uncle Nobhead at the wedding. Right? <laughs> I like that, I do like a dance. Been weddings for years, Mike. You're not that bad. <laughs> I, I I like a dance, you know, and I, I love music, and disco music is to dance to. I'm sorry, it just is. It, it, it is. You I love rock music. We've been to somewhere when you're in somewhere like Hoochie, Hoochie Coochie in Newcastle. Yeah. You've got someone playing like Dimitri playing massive disco tunes. You just, you just you got to dance. Beat you know, it's an ear, you know, I mean, house music is the same, and I'm a big house music fan. And as far as I'm concerned, disco would not exist. I mean, house would not exist if it yeah. wasn't for disco. No, it's definitely got an origin. So in, in disco, disco kicked it all off. Then we went, it turned into like house music. And then yeah, like where did we go house. after that? Yeah. We went off on mm. so many other things. Yeah. You know, from house, it, well, house. So really, I think for dancing, I think disco is maybe like the birth of dance music. It, Certainly modern, like modern electronic dance music. Absolutely, yeah. And and I, and I do truly think that like that, that you know disco plays a big part. So me being a musical whore, I need to find out about disco. And I have done some seventies nights and disco nights, and they were amazing fun. I used to get dressed up with my big wig. It wasn't when disco was glitterbox cool, right? You're talking like flares, aren't oh, you? I'm talking flares, man. Yeah, but I'm telling you what, them dance floors were packed. I was doing, I was doing a seventies night before Flares the Bar was even thought of. So, so not only did you reinvent disco, you invented Flares the nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> no, we used to yeah. do. You also invented rock nights as well. If we go back to the original right, music, yeah, right. Honestly, this is straight up. I was working in a bar in the town, and the manager said to me. Right, we need to go to Harrogate. There's a DJ in Harrogate that's playing and doing 70s music. And he dresses up and he calls himself DJ Bobby Dazzler. And we're going to go and see him. <laughs> this is a true story. And I was yeah. like, okay. And we went and it was like a show. It was fantastic, right? I'll tell you what it was like. It was, if you ever went to Tall Trees, which everybody <laughs> in the area knew, Brutus Gold's, I think it was called Love Train. Yeah, and they had all the dancers. Yeah, right. Well, this was a thing before Flares ever kicked off. So we'd go, and, we'd go to this place in Harrogate, and I was like, this DJ, come on. And he was brilliant, right? He wasn't mixing music. He was just playing banging disco music all the time, you know, playing the YMCA. He was playing Chic, and he was playing all these things. What, and it was what, like, sort of, what sort of year would this have been then? Mike. Oh, I reckon I'd have been well I'm fifty coming up in March and I reckon this would have been my mid twenties. Right. Yeah. So, so mid nineties? Yeah, like yeah, maybe late night like mid to late nineties. Because yeah. it's funny music comes back in waves of yeah. popularity because obviously seventies in the seventies and disco was amazingly popular. And then probably in the eighties and stuff it probably became a bit yeah. uncool. Yeah, and unpopular, and then and then gradually it came back because you have these these flares bars were everywhere, yeah, weren't they? And it's, honestly, the straight up this this whole era was before flares. Started, yeah. I'm not being funny. These nights that were popping up were packing places. We went to this place in Harrogate on a 
Wednesday night and this DJ was on and it was mental. And my, and my manager said to me, she, she said, we need you to do this, Mike. And I went, whoa, 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 I've never done anything like this before. I'm a, yeah, I don't dress him up. Yeah, she said, Mike, you're as daft as a brush. You're a great DJ. You can do this. And I was like, oh, I need to... I need to see more. I need, to, and she says, "Well, what we're going to do is we're going to give him a gig on a Friday yeah. night, which was my night. My night was Friday night. We went, we're going to give him your Friday night gig, and but we're, you to come in. and we're going to keep you to work alongside him. All right. And then in a month, you're going to take his job back off him because <laughs> hey, well, she was a shrewd business right. woman, wasn't she? She was because one." He had to come all the way from down country and he was going to cost a fortune. Right. So she wanted me to learn off him in a month. Yeah. And copy. And and I did, you know, and I, I did it. You were ruthless. Right. She was brilliant. <laughs> she was a good manager, mind you. She was a bit ruthless, but she was a good manager. And um, we did it. And Darlington will tell you the Humphreys Bar 70s night was insane. Friday night funky town was mental. If we could only go back to those days now, Mike. Yeah, some of the things I had to wear, I really don't ever, ever want to go back there. Thank God the camera phones weren't popular. <laughs> yeah, there was no Insta, there was no Facebook. Thank, Thank the God. Lord, because it was crazy. It was, it was like, worthy, what's probably. that film? Is it the Wildy Coyote Bar? There was a load of spin-off bars. Like it, it probably was it late nineties, early two thousands when all these like theme bars seemed yeah. to spring up from yeah. everywhere. Well, wasn't there a film where there was a bar where they all got on the bar yeah. and danced and sing with Wildy Coyote? Yeah, it was a bit like cow cowgirls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bar and it was and wild. Sort of and it was wild. Yeah. This was what it was like in there. Wow. Friday night funky town. It was it was wrong but so right. Um, I'm there. If I could get my time machine and go back, I'd be it there was now. Brilliant. I loved it and hated it all in the same breath. <laughs> We'd just be hitting the pre bars now, mate. We're back in time. <laughs> wouldn't we? Friday night, six o'clock. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the place closed at midnight on the dot. So you'd be out, you'd finish work, get home, get yourself showered and changed, a couple of drinks before you went out. Yeah, go up down maybe like a, a pub, wouldn't you? Probably maybe a, like a local pub or a yep. pub on the outskirts of town. Yeah, show me age here. Yeah, into town for a couple of bars, and then to your, that would have been your final destination for the night. Oh, it? yeah, it was like your last bar, and after that, it was the nightclub. If you made it. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, right, I now, when I drive my car down the main road in Darlington, down North Road, yeah. and if it's like maybe 10 up past 10, I, I'm saying to my missus, what are all these people doing at bus stops? Where are they going? And they're like, they're going <laughs> out. No. <laughs> I'm like, out? <laughs> <laughs> They're going out now. After <laughs> oh, night's dear, gone. No. <laughs> so, let's talk about the next track that you picked, which is a brilliant house track. Go on, what um, have I picked? It's I a brilliant track. It, it's a remix. It's Jamiroquai, Space oh. Cowboy, the David Morales remix. I mean, the original track is brilliant. Oh, Jamiroquai. Jamiroquai, just brilliant. The first time I heard Jamiroquai on the radio. And I thought, oh, I really like that. They were really good. Um, I can't remember the name of the first album. Yeah, is it um, What You Gotta Learn? Yeah, and wasn't there a single, uh, When You Gonna Learn? I think. Google it now. Yeah. 
uh, and I was like, wow, what a voice. That's really great. And I went and bought the CD and, it, it, you know, and, and on all this time, I hadn't actually physically seen who this Jamiroquai person was uh, yeah. until I turned the TV on and realised it was a man. Because all the time, <laughs> I thought it was a woman singing. Because he's did got the think, voice of an angel. Fit. <laughs> yeah, it's just honestly straight up. I bought the album on the back of thinking, by she sounds lovely. <laughs> and it was a bloke. And it was a bloke that could dance as good as Michael Jackson, right? He had hats. What about his hats? Oh, and he was so different. He was a breath of fresh air. Jamiroquai was a breath of fresh air. At that time, he was an absolute breath of fresh air. JK, Mint. I've been to see him live. It was fantastic. And this remix has got to be up there with one of the best remixes of a pop song ever, ever done.
the space cowboy into planetary get vibes on say at the speed of Jeeva oh you are not gonna diva maybe I'll have to get hot to get by yeah If you're in a house, however, that is in your playlists. It's in your, it's in your anthems. It's in your, you know, your, your house floor fillers. It's, it's just there. it's a track that even people who aren't into house music love hear that, that song. remix, and it just makes people dance. Right, I've got, I've got three copies of that on vinyl in my room. Right, the reason right. I have three copies is one is one I used to DJ on it, and it's knackered. Right? Worn out. I've got one because I was like at the right. I was at a record fair and I was like, "Oh, that's in good condition." And because it's such a great record, whenever I see it, I just buy it again, <laughs> just in case it's one quiet. wears out. It's that good. But hasn't uh, Dimitri remixed it last year? Didn't he? Uh, he did Cosmic Girl. Oh, did he did Cosmic Girl. He did Cosmic Which, Girl. Um, so a that really was good. We're tractor remix. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big Dimitri from Paris fan. Huge fan. I've got most of his vinyls as well. Fantastic. But if I had to choose between Space Cowboy and Cosmic Girl, David Morales nailed that remix. Nailed it. I think at that time he he was David Morales was churning out some really good remixes of some massive pop songs. He did a lot of stuff with like Mariah Carey. Yeah. And stuff like that. And he was just he just had this knack, I think, of turning a pop song into like a house track, but yeah. really kept the feel of the track. Yeah, absolutely. And he kept it cool as well. He didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't just make it unrecognisable. Yeah, you know, or just, or just keep the track the same. All the words were still there. The song, 
the song in its entirety yeah. was still there, but it became it, it, a house it, track. It, 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 but kept the kept the original song. Um, I wonder. Tracks like that. I wonder at the time if he'd been offered tracks that he wanted, like pop tracks, because they were pop. They were pop, pop yeah, music. Pop, like, and the Mariah Carey stuff and yeah. all that. Yeah, I wonder if he was handed stuff to him that he just went, "I can't work with that. I can't make it into a house record." There must have been tracks that he must I thought. I would imagine he will have turned tracks down because they can't. Some tracks that maybe just don't like, or yeah, just, yeah. you can't remix really everything to be a great house yeah. anthem. No, no, oh. that's it. But that that is definitely an iconic house remix. Oh, superb, superb! No. I pick, oh, how many great records? Do you know picking these records was really difficult? It's hard when you've got to pin things down to kind of like five tracks, isn't it? And you've oh. got. I could, give, I could give you really? 20 tracks, easy. I could have gone 20 tracks without even thinking. Well, we don't need 20, mate. Five will do. We've only got one left. <laughs> well, this might be the only opportunity I ever get. <laughs> yeah. So one other thing we've talked to our guests about is cash. Cash, yes, or cashless. Have you seen, personally, have you spent much cash? And also as a business... Have you seen people spending cash or people just expecting to like come in and pay with a contactless card? Um, cash. See, I like cash. And there's a reason before you all go, yeah, mate, because I know why you like cash. It's not that reason. Right. No, I'll tell you why I like cash is I'm not allowed the bank details. <laughs> it's as simple as that. You don't have the authority. My wife is the Chancellor of the Exchequer for Phase 1 and all of my finances. I could be a millionaire or I could be broke. I don't know. know. I won't know. Now, you don't need to worry about this. I, I, I trust my, my lovely wife and I love the ground she walks on implicitly about money. Now, there's not many men who say that about their women, right? Well, especially if they control the bank account. <laughs> right. So Julie controls all of Phase 1 finances. Yeah. She controls all of our personal finances. So I have a bank card. I don't have a pin. All right. <laughs> if I had to go and get cash out of a machine, I wouldn't know how to do it. Contactless is brilliant. So I can go to the pub because I can and spend less than rap. 40 quid. It's not a bother. I see what Julie's done there. She trusts you, but only up to a value of £45. This is exactly exactly where we're going from. So I don't mind a bit of cash because I feel like I've got a little bit of independence and I feel a bit free. You know, I get a bit... It's like your pocket money. Yeah, I get a bit giddy, you know. (laughs) You've got £100 in Chris 20s in your pocket. Yeah, I've been known to go a bit delirious, to be honest with you. So I like cash, um, but I really, you know, in the shop... Uh, we we contactless and we cash, and you do get some customers that pay cash. It's a, I don't think there's been any change really. I th- that's got to stay the same. Yeah. But, but for you me, um, I, I, I can't do anything without Julie being there. And yeah. if anything ever happens to my wife, apparently there's a set of instructions, so I know what to do. I'm rubbish. To get money out of the bank. Well, hopefully that never happens. So I'll tell you about another thing as well, though. I used to be in tra- into rant, trying to run the finances, yeah. and, I, and I, I'm a born worrier. Right. I, I just worry about things. So some things, and I mean worry where I will lie awake and stress, 
And it and comes when, when you run a business. Some people won't appreciate it if you don't if you've never ran your own business. But there is a lot to think about. I uh, yeah. And the finances are important, but there's like a hundred and one other things. So I can kind of see where you're coming from. You say, well, like let you worry about you running the business and you know selling the equipment and all the rest of it. And 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 you know Julie can take care yeah. of the she takes she she that takes side. that pressure off me. Just yeah. every now and again, she'll just come in and say to me. Stop spending money. And I go, okay, okay. I don't need another detail. <laughs> but right, I get it. And and, and yeah. to be honest with you, that works because I, I literally lie awake. You know, when things aren't going very well, I, I literally do lose sleep. And it got to I used to have the banking app for the business on my phone and I would look at it and then I would know I would know what was going out and what was coming in and, and everything and I, I used to stress. I mean I think that's a that's a really good point of, of digital technology in general i think we all have so much information at our fingertips but particularly in a business point of view as well as small businesses too much information can be a bad thing yeah you don't you know having that all that information well what what basically starts to happen is i I start to stress and i take focus off what i am good at yeah, like you let you concentrate on what you're good at, and let Julie do what she's good at. And that's yeah. that's a good, you know, good business, good teamwork. Isn't yeah, it? we are so, a good team. You know, there's not many people say. Uh, you know, there's one thing. Uh, I, I love working with my wife. I've worked with my wife for the best part of uh, eighteen years. Um, well, probably twenty years. And we've worked together. And people say, "How do you work with your wife?" And I'm like, "It's not a problem." No problem. I'm very the lucky. I'm very lucky. Is, they should ask poor Julie how she worked worked, worked with you for eighteen yeah, years. This interview could be so different if you were talking to her. <laughs> Next week on the podcast, we speak to Julie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the whole con- getting back to the cash thing. I think the whole contactless thing. Maybe it's more. I can see how it's more of an issue. Maybe if you've got a, a business with a lot of customers, you know, high volume of customers coming in and out of a a venue or something like that. You can yeah. kind of see whether in this situation this year where the contact contactless thing yeah, is a, brilliant. It's, I mean, isn't it? Just before lockdown, there um, we managed to get away for a, a little quick escape. Me and the wife we haven't been away this year, um, and we we got a little weekend one night in Newcastle. We went to two yeah. bars just as Boris was locking it all down again. Uh, we we sat and watched it, that announcement in a bar. Uh, a lot of the bars, to be honest with you, uh, were, were closed. It was, was right. so we went the weekend before the second lockdown. We went to Newcastle, um, and we just needed a little break away. And we we stopped in a hotel just for one night, um, and we went to a couple of bars. But the amount of bars normally we would go to was there on a Saturday afternoon, and it would be great, and there'd be just loads of people around. And, and it was yeah. really different. It was completely different. It was the. It was it was strange, but the contactless thing, going back to the cash thing, it was great. Not messing about with money, and you know, yeah, they're, they're, and it was great. And I think it yeah, is a good it idea. Work. It does work. And I think, I mean, there has been people still going up, seeing pictures on the news this week of like pre-lockdown. But I think in the in the cities, it's probably been more the student yeah. who've been been going out in a volume. You know, there's always student nights, isn't there? And students are always. And they go out on a Tuesday. Right. Because if you think, like, we've talked about this, me and my wife, like, you know, I, I would have liked to have gone out a few more times than I have this year. I've not been out much at all. And normally I would be out once a week as a minimum, absolute minimum, probably two nights, 
one of them might just be the local pub or something, but one probably in the Darling, you know, a few bars, that type of thing. Yeah. But the, the whole situation this year has been difficult, not just getting out with the restrictions, but also like things like just like getting babysitter. Yeah, you know, and things like that. But it just it has had a big effect on how people go out, and, and it's like, is it? It becomes too much hassle to actually yeah. really want to go out. Yeah. And hopefully, I mean, that's something else I wrote was about the future. Hopefully, we can look forward to a better twenty twenty one. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. If events come back in a big way, do you do you hope and do you see that there could be a bit of a boom there next year? This is what I'm really hoping for is if we if we hang in there and we keep our cool and I don't go over the edge mentally. Julie uh, will keep me right. Julie, <laughs> Julie will keep me right. I think, you know, we'll get to the end of this and we'll have probably learnt a lot of things along the way. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I think there will be a boom. I, I, I think there will be. I think I think as a nation, as a country, not just our industry, I no. think we will naturally bounce back if they can get some kind of cure or some kind of vaccine or, manage, or some ca- or or some a, kind of management a, system, yeah. a management system that works. Because I do believe yeah. we're making it up as we go along at the moment, and some I stuff is working. Yeah, I think we certainly could do better. I think. Yeah. I think most everyone would agree with that. You know that's the key. Yeah, it's. I think some stuff's working and some stuff's not working. Yeah. Uh, I think if we could get that in place and get back to some normality, uh, I, I think as a nation, we'll 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 come back. Yeah, of course we will. We will. Absolutely. We will. Um, we will. Well, that leads us on really well to your final track because it's praise cat shine on me, and that's like a hopeful yeah. track. What a yeah, tune! This yeah. gets me now. So I've gone from. Rock Mike, rock, yeah. to indie Mike, then we had disco, disco Mike, then yeah. we've had house Mike. Now we're sticking in the house tip here. Oh, um, funky house, yeah, funky house. house. Uh, I really, if I'm honest, I discovered house music possibly a little bit late. Uh, me and Julie got married in uh, the millennium. And nice. Julie was a bar manager. And um, she was managing a bar, and the company that she worked for kept saying to to us, you know, you two would make a great management couple. Uh, at the time, just so you know, a lot of people might people yeah. not know this. I was a butcher, and I, I, yeah, our regular listeners will know that, Mike, because you have <laughs> mentioned it a couple of times. But I, for the new listeners, that's news to them. And I, I was a I was a butcher in, in Newton Aircliff, and I managed a little shop, so I was a manager already. And the area manager for this this pub company kept saying to me and Julie, "You'd you'd you'd make a really good management couple because I was DJing and Julie was like running pubs and bars." And I was like, "Do you know what? We got married." I said, "Let's have a change of life. Let's go and see what life is like outside of Darlington." Because wow. you know, I'm Darlington born and bred, and so was Julie. And we 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 took took the brave pill and went, "Yeah, let's go and run a pub." I remember the big motorway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and um. It was the first job interview I'd ever had, and I'd never run a pub in my life. I'd only had, I was very experienced at going to the pub. <laughs> oh yeah, well obviously yeah. And <laughs> and I could just I could just tell that when we had this interview, that they weren't interviewing Julie, <laughs> they were interviewing oh, me. Knew, <laughs> I knew that Julie knew her stuff, but they weren't yeah. too sure. And I don't think they quite knew what to make of me. <laughs> well, I have seen your wedding photo, Mike, and 
did they think you were in a boy band? <laughs> yeah, time, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, had the I... curtains going on, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I had it all going on. <laughs> <laughs> They so, thought you were in the Backstreet Boys. Anyhow, I I'd, I'd, I'd pretty much smashed this interview and we ended up getting this bar in Sheffield. And this bar yeah. in Sheffield happened to be right next door to a nightclub called Bed. And it's yeah. no longer there. It's now student accommodation. And Bed, the nightclub, was owned by the same people right. that owned Gatecrasher. And Gatecrasher was a massive night okay. in Sheffield. Right? This was oh, when yeah. Gatecrasher was okay. a weekly thing. And um, we used to like play house music in the pub and I got got pally with a few of the local DJs and we we were like the pre-bar to bed. And, I mean, we had resident DJs in bed, for instance, and I'll name drop, we had Eric Murillo, Danny Ramplin, um, them the ones that leaped to mind straight off, rolling off the tongue. Pretty, pretty big names. Yeah, that, that's, um, where, we're that's, where, we, that's that, where we're kicking off. That's where we're kicking off. Yeah, and that was all happening in the pub next door to me. So, um, you know, we embraced that, like, we'll we'll jump on that bandwagon of they're playing that music and the car park for that club was out the back doors of my pub. So people were coming into your pub for a pre-drink? Yeah, and and unfortunately, the guy that had been running it before him uh, was playing just on on his CD player, he was just playing a beautiful South CD. (laughs) Every weekend. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Can I just re? Can I just rewind there? I love the beautiful South. They're a brilliant band. Nine o'clock on a Saturday night before you're going to go bust some big moves. Right. I've got tickets to go and see Paul Heaton. That's been put back to 2021. I think he is mint. But it wasn't for that bar, and we took we took that bar over, and within a month. We had it rammed on a Saturday night because I took my DJ in head and went, I need to get tapped into the local guys, yeah. learn, got educated about house music like I did with rock music. Oh, well, you're not, you know, you, you can yeah. be taught things. Yeah, I right? can be taught things. I got educated by them. I was putting these nights on. I mean, we used to have like five and six DJs on in a night that all just wanted yeah. to come in the pub. And just drink beer. They didn't want paying. We we were lucky. They were they were like, we're going to the club, but I can bring my records um, and I'll leave my records there and I'll pick them yeah. up Sunday sometime. And I just set yeah, a set of twelve ten because they were too heavy. Yeah, and I was just, yeah. just on a table in the corner of the pub because it was a proper pub. Yeah, not a nightclub. You know, not a was fancy it like bar. Round mahogany table, like yeah. that sort of thing. I'm not kidding you, <laughs> honestly. Right, proper function room table. Yeah. And we used to put a set of twelve tens, yeah, and a mixer, nothing fancy. The twelve tens were good, and I would have a speaker facing out the back of the pub, outside across the car park. And when all the kids used to turn up at the club, they'd be like, "Ooh, house music!" So they'd all come <laughs> piling in. <laughs> and I'd be stood there rubbing my hands, going, "Got ya!" And I learned back then, Mike, because I would have come. Like, I tell you what, it was fantastic. And then we used to get to go to the club, uh, and wow. we, we used to get uh, we used to all the staff from the pub. We were we were all in for free, uh, which was yeah. really great because we got uh, me being Mike, I'm not shy. Uh, the first week I was there, I walked straight across to the club, knocked on the door during the day, and went, "I'm the new guy from next door. Uh, if you ever want to," but I was being nice. I went, "If you want to pop over yeah. for a cup of coffee, or if you need any lunch or all like that, no problem." And I ended up where I got a VIP thing where I was allowed in every night and we used to go and sit in the VIP bar with the likes of 
Eric Marillo and stuff like that. It was class. Yeah. And that record, there was a... I know, this going away from that. So I was in Sheffield, but there was a night on a Sunday night. Sheffield was a party town. They knew how to party, right? And at that time... Yeah. There was, uh, we used to shut the bar on a Sunday. Nothing was going on in our bar on a Sunday. It was, apart from a bit of football through the day. So you could shut the pub at 10 o'clock. But there was another gig going on in the city. Right. And it was just called the Sunday Sessions. And we'd go to that. And all the DJs that had been, like, DJing in the pub on the Saturday night with us would meet up. We'd meet up at my place because they'd all be just yeah. getting out of their bed. <laughs> yeah, and like, over here, yeah, yeah. Dog. Let's 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 go there. And we went to this place. Um, and I'm sure if you looked up on the internet, Sheffield had a a, a music museum type thing. It was a right. weird building. It was like I can't remember. It actually it's built a bit like it looked like the Sage in right. Gateshead. That kind of structure, a bit weird. And it was like um. A museum, a national centre for popular music. Yes, Google yeah, Google. right. See, I remember this yeah. is going back a bit, and they had a night on there on a Sunday night, and I remember we were stood right at the back corner. There was me, the wife, few about half a dozen DJs and their girlfriends, and we were all stood and we were having a good time, and we weren't necessarily dancing. There was just music in the background, and then all of a sudden, the praise cats came on, shine on me. What an awesome, awesome track that was. And when that record had been played in that club, Al, it was weird because we were all stood as friends, all the DJs talking, all the girlfriends talking, and then all the DJs, like, disappeared. And then, and I know I disappeared. And then the next thing, we all met up, hanging over the DJ box, grabbing the DJ going, what is that?
I've really enjoyed talking to him. I come in, I talk to him lots anyway. But it's been <laughs> nice to talk to him and interviewing. And we're going to play your mix. We're going to play your mix now. So thanks a lot for talking to us. Great. And thank thank you very much for having me on my own uh, podcast. <laughs> Let's play you next. Let's do it. Bye.
Get on the floor. 
Yeah. 